0: Good evening, hope all of you are doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Mo'i Katan Daf Chaf Aleph and we're starting three lines from the bottom of the previous summit of Chaf bays in the midst of sugyas about the halachos of being an Avelos. And the Gemara tells the story three lines from the bottom. Ameimar shachiv le'i barbarei. Nebuch, he lost a grandchild, barbarei, the son of his son. So uh, having lost the son of his son, what was his reaction? Because yesterday we learned uh, there was a machlokas in the Tanayim. We learned about whether or not one is obligated to sit Shiva for the ring around you. For like, let's say this is Amemar's, the grandfather. If the son is sitting Shiva on his son, does Amemar, the grandfather, also have to sit Shiva? So what did he do? So the Gemara says, Kora ilave, that uh, Amemar tore Kriya on his grandson. And then Asa berei. And then when his son walked into the room, Amemar's son walked into the room, then Kara beape, then Amemar tore a second time to show that he was, a brother in arms that he was uh, in in Avelis with his son, and then he realized idkar He realized then that he tore while he tore kriya while he was sitting down, and therefore, uh, kam kara me umad. And then he got up and he. He tore while he was standing, so there's a lot of layers to this. But the Gemara, this is we has shown him how to read this Gemara. Um, all of the pronouns of he are not so clear, but the the pastas of the Gemara is the way that I just described it. That I may mar I may mar tore the three times. He tore when he heard about his grandson, he heard when his son walked in the room, and then when he realized that he tore for when his son walked in the room, sitting down, he stood up and tore Korea again. Fine, it's a what not really, not really. Just wait till you're almost This is uh, ABCs. This is just a grandfather-grandson. This one's yeah. an easy one. Omar Lay Ravashi la amemar. Ravashi says to Amemar, why did you have to tear Kriya standing up? Why did you re-tear? So last line of Khafa mit beis, Kriya dim dem'umad min'olan. From where do we know that one is obligated to tear Kriya while they're standing? This is Taka the case that uh, people stand when Kriya is torn. So says the Gemara, that eov stood up, and then he tore Kriya upon a loss of a loved one. So that's very clear from the Pasuk that you're supposed to stand for Kriya. says the Gemara at the top of Khafal and hold on one second. But the rest of the Pasuk, uh, and not, not in, in regards to this, but in regards to Chalitza, if what you're saying is that because the Pasuk by Eov said that he stood up by Yaakov. Well, there's a Pasuk by Khalitza that has a similar language. What does the Pasuk by Khalitza say? if what you're saying is true about Iov, then maybe we should say the same is true by Khalitza. That a person has an option, that if a, if a a woman loses her husband and the husband and she has no children, and the husband has a brother, they perform the they perform Yibu. And if the husband doesn't want to marry this woman who was his sister-in-law, his brother's wife, so then he can say, lo hafarti l'kachta. but what does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says, Ve'amad. so would we say hachanami, would we say that here too he has to stand when he does uh, chalitza? No, he doesn't have to do that. V'hatanya, the b'raisa writes, ben yoshe ben omeid ben mote. whether or not he's sitting, standing, or leaning on his side, one can perform Khalitsa. So we see there that the language of in the Amad in the Pasuk is, um, is lavdafka. So Omar um, lay, no, that's not a good argument. Hasam, over there by the case of Khalitsa, Lok does not say Vaya and Vayomer. Look at the top line, it says ve'amad and ve'amar. It's not in the future of what you shall do, it's past tense. And Hacha, here, by EO, the language was different. It's Ksiv, in the future, by Yakom and he should stand up, or and he stood up, by Ikra. So it says, it was like an activity, like step one is X, step two is Y. But the is is past tense, and therefore we, less of a riot. So, Amar Rami Shuhuma This is our second answer, and it's actually from the same Pasuk, but we're going to see that it gets rejected. And he quotes our Gemar as well, our Pasuk, Shinemar, by Yaakam, EO, by Ikra, we learn from Eov that one has to tear Kriya the standing up just like Amemar did. Says the Gemara, maybe not. Maybe Dilma Milsa Yaserta Hu Maybe it was just extraneous. He didn't have to stand, but he wanted to stand. You just have, Sometimes people stand during davening and they don't need to. So, they just want to. So maybe that's all that's happening here. And in fact, we have a, an argument in, in favor of this being something extraneous. Dilote Mahachi, the Pasuk, also says, in Sefer Eov, if you look on the side at the actual Pasuk, the Pasuk reads and it also says and he, and he sure his hair, he cut his hair So would we say that there's a requirement to cut, to cut your hair? Of course that's not the case. Ella says the Gemara we therefore have to pivot and come up with another answer. We can no longer use the Pasuk in Eov because otherwise there's a misunderstanding in the Pasuk in Eov from the word is that he has to cut his hair so therefore another Pasuk must be by Yaakam HaMelech but you grass bigger job a pasta from uh uh, from Sefer Shmuel, I think. Yeah, pasuk from Sefer Shmuel. He stood up and he tore kriya. Says the Gemara. Maybe there too. Milsi is Maybe there it wasn't necessary to be done. Uh, after all, do ilote If you don't say that, then what does it mean? By Yishkav Artsa that he has to lie on the ground. The B'risa writes yashan. That should be a nun. That's the change in the girsa over here. But uh, we showed him yashan, and that's uh, the way that it should be written. It's quoted this way later in the Masechta. Yosha na gabe mita. If he lies down on a bed, al gabe kisei on a chair, al gabe udaini. Anudaini, what is that? That's like the covering of a pit. So then, lo yatsa yidei chova. So, be'amar ev'yohanan shalokim k'fiyah So we see there, v'yishgav arsa that only in regards to k'fiyah samita is it true, but otherwise, you don't have an obligation to lie down. It's, uh, the pasuk is lav davka. So, am'ar le'i ke'in arsa. The right way to understand the pasuk is that it's ke'in arzah, v'yishgav arsa ke'in arsa, meaning that he has to do k'fiyah samita And therefore, we have a pasuk that actually supports this idea that the reason that we know that we have to do Kriya uh, meumad is from the pasuk and say Shmuel that reads Vayakom Hamelach Veikras Bigado. Third of the way down on Chafalaf Amalaf the Gemara says Tanu Rabanan Beilud Varm Shavel Aser Behem. These are the things that an Avel is not allowed to do. Aser B'Malacha he's not allowed to do certain types of labor. Ubiruchiza no showering. Uvesicha they cannot anoint themselves. Uvetash Meshamita no intimacy. Uvin Ilas Asandal they cannot wear leather shoes. The Aser Likras B'Torah U'Torah Uvin they cannot learn Tanach. The <laughs> they cannot learn Mishnah, Medrash, they can't learn Medrash, they can't learn, they can't learn Shulchan Aruch, they can't learn Gemara, and they can't learn Agadatas. so it says the Gemara, However, that if, a, if the masses need this person, if he is the Maggid of uh, the whole base Medrash, you have the Rabbis of Ashul is a classical example of this, so then we cannot stop them from teaching Torah, they possess a certain capacity to do things that others don't, so therefore, Rabim they're allowed to teach, and the Gemara tells a couple of stories about this halfway down. Rabbi Yosi's son Nebach passed away. He taught Torah the whole entire day. Rabbi is so he was sitting Shiva, and Savar Le And he thought that he's not allowed to go out LaPirka. LaPirka means to go learn, to go to the base medrash. Rav says to him, Tanina, we have a Mishnah. You do not have to hold back from teaching if, the, teaching if the masses need you. Okay, so he walked into the base medrash to teach. He's in the middle of Shiva. He wanted to teach. And Savar Le Amora Ale. We know, of course, that when a Rebbe would teach, he would just whisper the words into the mouth of someone who was the actual orator, and the orator would repeat after him and be the mouthpiece. So he wanted to have a regular Amora, a regular speaker to speak on his behalf. Amor rav, yes, I told you that you can come out and teach, but you're not allowed to have a regular maturgamon, Tanya, because the Braiserites, you're not allowed to speak through a regular torgamon. So if that's true, the Gemara says four or three lines before the wide lines. Now, what was he supposed to do? He's, he doesn't have the voice to teach in this way without a mature gemant, So what should he do? So says the Gemara, the Braissa writes as follows. <coughs> the son of Rabbi Judah Bariloi died. Benichnas the base of Bariloi went in to teach. Benichnas, Benichnas, Reb Chananya ben Akavia, the Yosha Betsido. Reb sat next. Rabbi Judah Bariloi. The Benakavya. Ashulah, Rabbi Judah whispered the Shirds, Reb Chananya ben Akavia's ear, and then the game of telephone. And then first long line, Reb Chananya ben Akavia. Let's work him on. Is Shmuel the rabbi? There had to be some type of added person into the chain, huh? Some kind of change. Yeah, some kind of shinui, an abnormal way of using a maturgamon. Uh, he had to teach it in an abnormal way. It's mutter to teach if a person's beavelos. But nevertheless, it should be done uh, in an indirect way, not directly through a maturgamon, but rather through one person and that person to a maturgamon. That's the right way to do it. Two lines into the wide lines, three fourths of the way down, Tanarabban, and the rabbis teach us in a harishonim. The first three days of the death after a person is buried, The first day is really mixed hayom kikulo. And really, day three also seems to be mixas hayom kikulo. How do I know that? Because it says But then the next words say, from the third day and on, and the third day is included. So day one and day two are not allowed to have tefillin. And day three, only part of the day. And then on day three, you can actually put on tefillin. So that's bichlal. And mutter, mutter la tefillin. And then on that third day and on, one is allowed to, let's say the burial was on a Monday. So Monday is day one. Tuesday is day two. Wednesday is day three. And on Wednesday, he's allowed to put on tefillin. So Miksasayim Kekuloa on Monday is day one. Full day, day is Tuesday. Miksasayim Kekuloa is day Tuesday. That's day three. Then he can put on tefillin. panim Chadashos. If people who were not at the Levaya and who may not have known what was going on, they see this guy wearing tefillin, maybe they would have, might, might have mistakenly thought that he didn't keep halach and he wore tefillin on day two, which is not allowed. Don't worry, says the Gemara. He doesn't have to take off his tefillin before panim so Chadashos. He can keep his tefillin on. That's Stevie Rabbi Eliezer. However, Rabbi Yeshua disagrees, 10 lines from the bottom, Rabbi Yeshua Omer, that when it comes to tefillin, two days he's not allowed to wear tefillin, day one and day two of burial. And that means that day one is mixed. kekulo, if the person's buried five minutes before shkia, that's day one. And after he wakes up, after the sun rises, five minutes later, it's mixed. kekulo, day two. And on day two, he can put on tefillin. How does this play out? So Rabbi Yeshua says, that for the first two days, he's not allowed to wear tefillin. However, from the second day and including the second day, however, he argues on that front and on another front. And if there are new people who come along to, to, to pay a shiva call, they were out of town, they didn't know exactly when the person died, so then he should take off his tefillin lest one think that he was wearing tefillin incorrectly on day one. Okay, let's try to understand each of these shitas. Amar of my time Eliezer. Why is it that Rabbi Eliezer holds the way that he does? That you're allowed to wear tefillin on day three, but not days one and two. Because it's yimei in the plural. The the smallest amount of time of yimei is two days. It's plural, one, two. And therefore, he says, those first two days can have no tefillin, but day three can have tefillin. Amara my time is Rabbi Yeshua. Why does Rabbi Yeshua say you can wear Twilin on day two, but not day one? There's one day that's exceptionally bitter. And now let's cross check each person against the other. Rabbi Yeshua, Nami Vitamo Yeme. Rav what about the Pasak that Rabbi Eliezer leans upon to say, No, no Tvilain on the first two days? What are you going to do with the word Yemei? Amar what will he say to you? Shiny Moshe the Takif Evle. that was referring to the death of Moshe. Moshe's death was unique. And because Moshe's death was unique, yes, it was more intensive, and therefore it was two days, but in general, it's only one day, and Rabbi Eliezer, what are you going to do about the fact that the Pasik says that there's a, a day that's particularly bitter, he's maskim. so he says, you're right, it's true that there's only one day that's very, very bad, but day two is still extremely bad, and therefore you can't Tillin' on that day, how do we paskin? Omar Ula, Ula says a complicated thing, and it's going to come back potentially to bite him, Ula, what does he say, Rabbi Eliezer, We pasken like Rabbi Eliezer when it comes to chalitza, taking off tefillin, and that is that you don't have to take off tefillin on day three. And the is like Rabbi Yoshua that you're allowed to put on tefillin on day two. So it says the Gemara, that leaves a gap which causes a question for Ula. What's the question? Four lines from the bottom. We don't know. We know that he holds like Rabbi Eliezer on day three that you are not chalitza. And we know that you have to wear tefillin even on day two, like the she of Rabbi Yoshua, But what would he say in the middle ground of taking off your tefillin? On the second day, should he take off his Tefillin in front of panim chadashos in front of new people, yes or no? So the Gemara says three lines from the bottom. Tashma d'amar ulah cholei You have to take off your tefillin and put it back on many times. And so that's uh, obviously one should take off their tefillin and then put it back on. When those people leave. Tanya nami hachi the It writes as follows. You would omer cholei to maneach afilu me'ah pe'amin. people walk in their panim chadashos, take off your tefillin. Rava Amar Rava says kevin sheiniach that once you put on your tefillin, you no longer take them off. That's very strange because the Rava huda Amar we learned yesterday, the shita of Rava, that really it's three days. So why is it that you'd say that uh, that you would not take off your tefillin? Why that seems to imply that you're holding like the uh, like a different, more complicated shita, like the shita of Rabbi Yehoshua. But how can you say that you held on the previous page three days? Now you're saying it's only one day of intensive Shiva. As we turn to the top of Khafala from the base, the Gemara posits an answer that mitzvah shiny. Rava does agree to that, uh, to that fact about three days, but he says that when it comes to the mitzvah of tfilin, things are different. Rashi says on the top of the page, Zibra Maschel mitzvah shiny, klomar, as if to say, le mitzvah le la because he's able to put it on immediately. So once you put it on, then you should leave it on, even though he holds that the first three days are really intensive. But when it comes to tefillin, which is mutter to put on on day two, that's not a kasha in his general shita. From the top line of Khafala from the base, the Gemara says Tanu Rabban, and the Rabbis teach us a halacha and a That the first three days there are restrictions and activities that a, that an Ovel has to keep, and that's true even for someone who gets funded from the community Tzadukot pot, whatever that is. But after the first three days, so days four, five, six, and seven, he's allowed to do work, but also, so he can do the work, but it has to be only in his house. A woman is allowed to utilize a spindle to make thread, even in her home, and that is the din by Melacha. Tanu Rabban, the rabbis teach in another b'risa, for the first three days. If a person is sitting Shiva, and then they want to go pay a Shiva call to someone that they're friends with, who is now uh, overlapping with their Shiva, you're not allowed for the first three days, but Mikan Va'ilach from days four, five, six, and seven of Shiva, no problem. Mikan holech, he's allowed to go. However, and interestingly, he can go. However, the Eino Yoshe B'Makom Elba Makom HaMen He doesn't have to sit. He's not allowed to sit with the people who are facing the Avelim on the full height chairs, but rather if he's going to pay a Shiva call during his Shiva, when really he has an obligation to sit within three Tvachim of the ground, so then he has to sit with the and the ones who are getting the Chama. He has to sit in the low chairs. He's not allowed to sit in a regular chair. Next, Tanu Rabban, this will take us. Basically, almost to the mm-hmm. end of the day, uh, yeah, it'll take us to the end of the day. We're going to be stopping four lines from the bottom of the page. The Gemara says, Tanu And the rabbis have taught us yet again in a so avil Gimel Yom and Marishonim, for the first three days of Shiva Aser B'She'elah As Shalom, there's no Shalom Aleichem to or from an avil. Yishlo Shavad Shiva, from days three to day seven, meshiv he's allowed to answer. If someone comes up to him and says Shalom Aleichem, he's allowed to respond. The other's allowed to respond, Aleichem Shalom. But he's not, he doesn't initiate, he doesn't instigate the conversation to say Shalom Aleichem. He can after day seven. He returns to normal. This is subject to a lot of discussion in the Gemara. And here's question number one. You said in the Gemara, nine, 10 lines down on Khafa'ala HaFum you said, that the first three days you're not allowed to say Shalom. the problem is that the Gemara has a big, uh, a big story that doesn't agree with that. Next five, six lines, eight lines maybe, discuss a story that goes against this Gemara. The Gemara had said in the Brisa, No she'elah shalom in the first three days, but what about Rabbi Akiva? The Brisa writes, Maise, there was a story, Umei Rabbi Akiva, and his children, Nebuch, passed away, two of his sons. V'has, v'has, gadol. He was a Gadol Ador. Everybody came in and they had a huge haspid for him. Bishas rasan when they died, Omar Rebbe Akiva al safsal Gadol V'Amar at the time of their Levaya, it's not literally the time of their uh, Ptira, Omar Rebbe Akiva al safsal Gadol, he stood on a bench for Omar. Beis Yisrael Shimu, two of my married children, Menucham Hu Bishvil Kavoshe Asisim. There's comfort here because of what you've done. B'im Bishvil Akiva if you only came because of Akiva, um, some of the aforeshim here say it's because he was a wealthy man. Man, they were coming for the wrong reasons. There are a lot of people who have money. I'm not the only one. And really, what you're saying is Torah, you believe in the Torah, you're going to get a lot of reward. And here is the very difficult line that we don't understand. He wished them shalom. Hold on one second. Our Bryce has said you're not allowed to wish shalom during the first three days. So, how could Rabbi Akiva stand up on the bench and say, everyone, that you get a shalom aleichem? That doesn't sound right. So it says the Gemara, halfway down, you're right, but rabim, uh, it's Rabim shiny. It's different when you're dealing with the masses. So that seems to imply when we put these two halachos together, the b'risa does indicate that there is no shalom aleichem in the first three days with the qualification of, if for individuals. However, if it's going to be for the Rabbim, then one is allowed to, to uh, to say shalom aleichem. Migimol ad we had said going back to the b'risa, it said from days three to day seven that meishiv eino Let's try to understand this, and we said mikan ve'elech shiv that after day seven you return to normal. Or in we have a problem. Hamotzi es Let's say that you uh, meet your friend on day twenty eight. He's within thirty days of his uh, of, of his Aveus. So then, midaber imotan chumim ve'ino shal b'shlomo. Then you do t nichum aveilim. However, you're not allowed to say shalom aleichem. La'achar la'med yom shal b'shlomo ve'ino medaber imotan chumim. After three days, it's reversed. Then you can say shalom aleichem. But But then you're not allowed to say tanchumen. The Gemara continues in this but we already have already have pronounced our question. Well, I will detail it more in a minute. If a man dies and marries another woman, if so if a man dies and he remarries within shloshim, bad politics. But if he remarries within shloshim, so then the Gemara says that you're not allowed to be in his house giving him nichum <laughs> avelim. And the Meforshim explained because it, it's not good for the for the new Revitzen the new wife is there and everybody's walking in. Your wife was so wonderful. Your wife is so wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It's not nice. It's not a good move. Matza However, if you find this guy outside of his house during thirty days, you're allowed to give nichum <laughs> avelim. It should be a little shrouded. It shouldn't be. So so clear, but be like, I'm just so sorry, you're going through a lot, I'm here for you. Something a little bit more vague, but not so specific. We see multiple examples here, in this Brysa, two examples, where someone is giving shalom, and someone is doing nichum avelem, after day seven. Why is that happening? Our bride said that we saw above said that there is no problem with Shalom Aleichem. After day seven, Amar <laughs> The guy who is in Aveilus is allowed to ask about other people, shurim b'shalom, because those people don't have avelus; They're happy people all as well. But here it's different. but others are not allowed to ask him anything. And the bride was referring about acherem when it said that there's no such thing as shalom Afterwards, but really, for the Avil, he's allowed to ask for Shalom aleichem after day seven, provided that he's asking someone who's not Navelos, says the Gemara. That's problematic because we saw in the Bryce above that ad Zion, it says that from days three to seven, you can respond. We assume that responding is the case, and somebody had to ask him, but you just said that they weren't allowed to ask him. I don't know, you can't have it both ways. Either they're not allowed to ask him or they are. If they're allowed to ask him, that's why he's being Meshiv, but you just said they're not allowed to ask him. Of course he can be Meshiv if they ask, but they shouldn't be asking. Says the Gemara, they didn't know that he was in Avelu, so then he was Meshiv. Says the Gemara, in regards to just responding, he should have said something. Says the Gemara, you're right. Hossam, over there, in some cases, in, in between days three and day seven. So then what you're going to do is you're going to say to someone, I'm so sorry, I know you wished me I'm not even allowed to respond the person was within the first three days of avelus, but after day three in between days three and seven, if he makes a mistake you don't have to throw him under the bus that awful feeling, I did this once when I was calling up uh, the Rosh Kola in Eretz Yisrael and I had a concern about which apartment I was going to have and I did not know he was in avelus awful. I'm calling about something so trite and so not important. Shalom alecha, Rabbi Umori, classic introduction to a rabbi, just wanted to speak about the apartment. And he's like, my mother died. And I'm like, oh, that mm-hmm. awful feeling. So that's what the Gemara is saying here that in days one, two, and three, you have no choice. The Avil is not allowed to accept that Shailas Shalom. And he's he's not allowed to be Meshiv. He has to throw it back in your face. And then you feel terrible and you try to be contrite. It doesn't work. You're <laughs> you just feel bad for a couple of days and then you get over it. But it's that's how it is. There's another problem, though, Raminhu. We have another problem here. We're three fourths of the way down, getting to the end of today's daf. If a person finds his friend within 12 months, Wow, now we've extended this to 12 months that one is not allowed to say Shelah Shalom up to 12 months. And yud beis chodesh, the Brysa concludes that after 12 months, Shalom, Motan, that after 12 months you can say Shalom aleichem, but then we don't do velam anymore after 12 months. The Brysa concludes you're allowed to say something that's kind of circuitous, something that's a little bit on the periphery. I'm just so sorry. I know it's been a long year. What? Oh, uh, circuitous? Circuitous periphery? Or what? Read a book, Mark. I read a book. It's called like, <laughs> Picture Books. <laughs> you read picture books? It's bad enough how to translate all this other stuff that you're saying. So, about the Dabri Momi, that side, you can say something that's not direct, indirect, something indirect about uh, about uh, the events. And Omar Rabbi Meir the Brysa continues mm-hmm. a guy coming in at month number thirteen after an avelus he comes in to try to do nicham avelus he's pouring salt on on a wound and says the Gemara what's that comparable to the Adam raglo someone broke their leg a long time ago and now he's healed and he's walking perfectly fine. Can you just come to my office? I'll re-break your leg so that I can heal you. I'm so good at my job. I'm going to break your leg and heal you. So you're, it's nice that you want to do nichum aveilim in month thirteen. Sorry, it's not about you. It's about the aveil. You're coming in beyond the eleventh hour. You're coming in after the fact, and you think you're so great. That you're gonna no. It's not allowed. You're not allowed to do that. So the Gemara says, Why is it that we have an Isra of Sheila Shalom up to 12 months? Hare, the b'risa before this said 30 days. And even the b'risa before that said only three days, maybe seven days, the different Shitas. So the Gemara says, This is So It's quoted in Shulchan Aruch. Uh, it's quoted in Shulchan Aruch um, in the halachos of Avelus that when it comes to Avelus, if a person is sitting in Avelus for the, for the 12 months for a parent, then you're not allowed to say Shalom Aleichem to them. Should they respond in kind? If you, yeah, they could probably be Meshu, but you're not allowed to initiate that for a person who's in Avelus. It's very, very difficult to do that because we're just, we're a culture of Shalom Aleichem. That's like our norm, that's like our greeting, but it is problematic when a person's in Avelus. And it it, it is a a stark reminder to an Avel that they are still in Avelus, that they lost a parent hasam Nami says the Gemara. Maybe we should still say Maybe he should also do nicham in a backhanded manner. Says Gemara. you're right. Uma What does it mean that he shouldn't say something It's He shouldn't speak regularly. However, he should. He is allowed to say something that's a little bit indirect and circuitous. We'll end on a strong word. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Uh, and uh, my schedule next week is all messed up. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll have to figure out. Um, I have no idea when I'm doing any of them, but we'll figure it out. I will be here for the CM next Thursday. Have a great night. Call to Wednesday at 7.30 a.m.